Welcome to the Bucket Drop Podcast, episode 43, brought to you by, you guessed it, Bonfire Shades and by Ribbon Brewing in Cornwall. We're going to go straight to my buddy O'Connor to start, and uh, then we're going to be moving on to Dan Fornell, an enforcer in the ECHL. Catch you on the other side. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho, H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the OZ. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the ROC. Ho, fresh out the frying pan into the fire. I be the music biz number one supplier. Flyer than a piece of paper bearing my name. Got the hottest chick in the game wearing my chain. That's right, Ho. Not DOC, but similar to them letters. No one could do it better. I check cheddar like a food inspector My homie Strick told me, dude, finish your breakfast So that's what I'ma do, take you back to the dude with the Lexus Fast forward the jewels and the necklace Let me tell you dudes what I do to protect us Shoot at you actors like movie directors How did it feel to say that you shared the court with the greatest tennis player of all time? Oh, well, I don't know, it was pretty brutal, I got fucking spanked Yeah, you guys are like paying all my pro lines, by the way yeah, I know. Well, you have, you have to fucking send me nine fifty, eh? Oh, I'll, I'll wait like you did for my five bucks. No, I need it. <laughs> you, you need it for what? Eh, because I need it for my coffee. It's my change for my coffee. Oh, okay. All right, I'll do. I'll I'll just uh, parlay it into uh, next week or whatever. Just uh, because you're gonna owe me some money soon, so. Yeah. Did you uh, did you watch any of the games last night or no? No, I didn't actually. Did you? No, I didn't watch any, but uh, Philly Philly finished first, day, so they're playing Montreal. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's determined. And then I guess Tampa's going to finish in second. And then today Boston and Washington play for third and fourth. What are your feelings about tonight, the, the Leafs? Oh, I, the Leafs are going to win tonight, man. I, I can't, I, I don't know, I can't see Columbus coming back from fucking being up 3 nothing with five minutes left there. I, or four minutes even. I, I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to be up for it. So the Leafs got to be like the Leafs have to be riding really high right now. I, I know I talked to you when they when they lost. So that was that one was pretty shitty. Yeah, that was shitty, and that was that's what always happens to the Leafs every goddamn year, every year all during the year and in the playoffs. But last night, and, and the Leafs can never, you know, they don't usually have major comebacks like that there. And then last night, uh, or not last night, the night before, that was pretty cool. I thought it was over. I was making all kinds of comments on fucking websites for the Leafs and stuff. And, and then, uh, but everybody was. And then I guess her comments, they didn't age very well because holy shit, man. It was only like four minutes, you know? Have you been watching the other series, though? Like you were talking about Philly a while ago? No, I haven't watched any prelims. I, I don't know. I don't, I could care less. Okay. You know? Yeah, I guess... I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I haven't watched. I've I've watched a lot of fucking the other, like the the, the series though. Like I didn't, like I I couldn't care less about about Florida and Islanders. I didn't watch that at all. Uh, I watched Carolina. Carolina looks really good, man. They look really good against the Rangers. Uh, I guess that I guess that Aho kid is the real deal. Yeah, him and that and that uh, what's who's the other Shvashnikov? Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Fuck. They're, they're going to be, they're going to be pretty solid. They're going to be tough to beat. And then, uh, what was the other one? Well, the least I watch, obviously, I watched the Montreal series. Are they still? Uh, are, are Carolina still doing those stupid celebrations after the game? 
I don't think so. I haven't seen any. Okay, I'm just curious. Yeah, and then uh, Montreal series. Obviously, I watched Montreal played that perfect. Fucking yeah. They could oh, have played I, I, I didn't watch the game, so I, like you, they played they played good or what? Oh, they just played tight checking hockey, man, and they were skating under Crosby's skin. <laughs> what, yeah. what what did they do? Like like Gallagher, you mean? Or? No, they didn't do anything in particular, but just because they're fucking on his ass all all game, man, it was. I think it really got to him. So yeah, yeah. So um, so yeah, they played that series perfect. Like Price played well, but he didn't have to. You know, he didn't stand on his head. He just made. You well, know, that first, the first the first game did. Yeah, but he, I, he, like I didn't see any spectacular saves. Like he, he well, he's such a positional goaltender, though. But but. Uh, but yeah, no. But Montreal played really well checking, and then they just took advantage when they had a chance, man. Mm-hmm. Well, my my uh, my thing that stood out for me in that series, uh, like I just caught clippets of it. Not not because I wasn't trying to watch it, but like if it's at four o'clock, I can't really watch the game, right? Yeah. Um, but it's uh, that kid there, that Kakaniemi, uh, because I always talk about we should have picked up Kachuk, but I don't know. I guess he had like I don't know. He had like a lot, a lot of hits. I, I don't know. I saw something online. I think it, was, it said, like, he was on pace for, I don't know, 30-something hits or whatever um, in the series. So. Oh, really? Because I never even noticed the guy. Yeah, no, he, was, he, he was rocking guys, though. Okay, I never even noticed him. And then the goals he got, well, one was fucking right off his chest. Yeah. And, the, and the other one was a rebound. So, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, well, you said you didn't even notice him. So, Speaking on that, who like out of the games that you've watched? Because obviously you've just watched the uh, the play-in, so you didn't really watch the uh, whatever you call it there, the uh, the COVID uh, round robin. So uh, who would you no. say your big your big Johnson of the uh, the series was like for all the all the series that you did watch? Because but Corey yeah, well, oh my well, wife beside me, so she said Corey Crawford. Yeah, well, well, he's he definitely is for Chicago. Yeah, yeah. but. Uh, for the Habs series, I would have to say Petrie. Uh, yeah, fucking stud. Yeah, because, I mean, fuck, you got so many huge goals. Uh, and uh, and Suzuki fucking really impressed me, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then, uh, well, the Leafs series isn't over yet, but I, I'd have to go Matthews right now. Yeah. Did, uh, you ever, did you ever score a goal like Petrie, like off the helmet like that when you were playing junior C? <laughs> no, like, what do you mean, in the corner? Yeah, like when he just, like, like just found that little spot, like where you no. those, those little openings like that. No, and if I no, and if ever I did, it'd be pure luck. Because like, you were the no. rocket then. They call it. They still call you that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, well, I didn't have a rocket shot. There's a poster of you in, in that in between the rooms there at the at the Maxwell rink. Oh, uh, there probably is. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, and you're starting to you're starting to look like your old shape too, eh? Like uh, with all yeah. the weight that you've been losing. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting there, man. Fuck, I'm getting, I'm gonna be back to like high school days, man. I'm gonna get an old leather coat and fucking yeah. just rock it. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, uh, maybe you can talk a bit about that because uh, I know on other <laughs> podcasts like Alec uh, at Five for Fighting, he's been trying to lose weight. So, uh, you, you have any tips? Because you went from. Uh, only wearing beer sh- shirts from the beer cases to, uh, <laughs> yeah. to having men's magazines in your freaking bathroom. Yeah, well, well, yeah, well, be careful about what you say, men's magazines, sir. But yeah, no, well, fuck, first of all, I, well, I quit drinking. I haven't had a drink in a year and a couple of months now. And then, and then uh, I work out six days a week. So fucking, it's pretty intense. And then, uh, I I'm doing intermittent fasting now, so I I only eat between noon and six, and then other than that, 
not really much else there, but intermittent yeah. fasting though that that's uh, I've been trying to do that too. Yeah, no, I, well, it worked for me. I mean, uh, like yeah. I take a shake at noon and then I eat supper and that's it. I don't have anything else until the next day. At noon. That, uh, you said something too that uh, surprised me. You said that you're only going to the bathroom every uh, three days too. Well, yeah, yeah. I was, well, I don't know if people need to know that, but yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, like, fuck when I was drinking, I was taking like eight shits a day, fuck, obviously there. <laughs> you know, fuck, now, uh, now it's every, every two days, maybe every three days, fuck, because everything we have, I, we have an audience there, Terry's laughing, so. Yeah, well, everything I put in my body now, it actually goes to good, like none of it goes to waste, so. No. I don't fucking, I don't have to, what? <laughs> Is uh, chips at uh, ten o'clock at night part of intermittent fasting? Oh no way, fuck! No way! You oh. can't touch. You can't have nothing after six. Nothing. Terry, Terry had sent me a picture this morning on my phone of me asleep with a bowl of chips between my legs. <laughs> oh, so it's not. Yeah, isn't this your first day? <laughs> I started. I'm starting today. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, but yo, but I have I have to shake at noon and then and then supper, man, and then fucking you'll you'll see, Rob. The first four days, man, are fucking really like you're hot, like not you're hungry, but you're just your brain's always telling you to eat at night. Yeah. So it's tough there, but after that, man, your fucking your body gets so used to it, and you're gonna you're gonna take hardcore water shits for the first like three days. This is a very good podcast so far. Yeah. Fucking right. It's fucking. <laughs> The professor, man. The professor. So. <laughs> and you're giving us a, a lesson, too. Like, on... Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, anyways, but, uh, yeah. And, uh, so, I, I lost... I lost 10 pounds in two and a half weeks by just doing that. And, yeah, I'm going to do it a little longer. And, and uh, oh, yeah, and I also told you, don't work out while you're fasting. Uh, if you're... Well, working out's okay while you're fasting. You're supposed to work out while you're fasting, but not when you're lifting. If you're lifting, you work out during your uh, your eating period because you're going to fuck up all your muscles. Yeah, and I, I saw you uh, yesterday when we played tennis, and, you know, for some reason we took off our shirts to look at each other's bodies. <laughs> uh, but yeah. uh, I didn't know what you mean, though. You said, you said because you, I said in my last podcast, you know, uh, wear bonfire shades and, you know, yeah. you might... You, you'll get laid kind of thing. And then yeah, I yeah. said, even if you got granny tits like the professor, but I didn't see any granny tits. No, no, because I filled them in in the last two weeks. In two weeks you filled them in? Well, well, yeah, I guess so. Because I, I don't know, it's like the, I don't, something happened, man. But yeah, it was fucking, it was getting pretty bad. Like I, I was, you know, I was going to go get myself a granny bra. And, yeah. then, and then I said, fuck, man, I don't, then I just, I don't know, started filling out. The skin started getting tighter on my fucking yeah. chest. Isn't that oh. what they had in Seinfeld? Was it uh, George's father? The Brazilian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm actually watching the Seinfeld with the bubble boy right now. They should do that for COVID, man. Everybody got to get in the bubble. Yeah, I'm watching the one with the bubble boy there. Starts choking out George because George is playing a game with him or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, no, come back there. Yeah, so... So uh, yeah, no, you were you were asking me, uh, Big Johnson, Big Johnson. Well, I love what of the whole fucking playoffs or just uh, no, just a, yeah, just a play-in series. Like who? Like I mean, uh, I think one's pretty obvious, but uh, anyways, I'll, I'll I'll give you mine. I'll give you uh, my rock hard nuts, and you can give me your friggin' yeah. uh, oh, man. It's yeah. really sounding like a a weird podcast right now. Yeah, it is. But who cares? Man, just I'm not gonna give, I'm not gonna give you my rock hard nuts. I'll 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 say who my rock hard nuts player is. 
Yeah, please don't give them to me yet. <laughs> okay, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead first. Oh, okay, of the whole playoffs? Holy, uh, fuck. Okay, well, the East, I'm going to go with Matthews in the East because he's got five points in four games there. He's fucking, you know, he's doing well. Well, or, or you know, yeah, it's so hard, bro. There's so many series, but, I mean, Avo and fucking Shmeshnikov, we just talked about those two guys, too. Yeah, for so, sure. He had, a, he had a hot trick there, I think. Yeah, and, yeah, I know. And then, like, McDavid had fucking the crazy playoff, too, but they didn't win, you know, so. Yeah. Like I don't know, there's there's one from every there's one for every team really, yeah. You know, for sure. So, um, but yeah. So what about you? I don't I'll, know. I'll give my uh, rock hard nuts to. Uh, well, again, I'm not giving it to him, but uh, to uh, to Chuck Matthew Chuck, but hey. Yeah. Oh, Chuck. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. He, yeah, he, he he alone won that series for Calgary. No, for sure. And just getting inside their heads and even yeah. uh, defending himself when he needs to. So yeah, because I don't, I don't even think he really needed to fight after that that hit. No, no, he didn't. No, he didn't have to. But Wheeler did what he had to do. I understand what Wheeler did too, but you, you know, by taking him on. But yeah, uh, not the great, not the greatest fight, but it was alright. Yeah, but I mean, Wheeler's the captain, so he he did he stood up for his team. That's what he, you know, that's yeah. what captains do, but. But yeah, but but there was no way in hell that was intentional. There's just no possible way. But whatever. You know? I just love that. I just love those Kachuk boys. I think they they bring a an, an entertainment factor to a game that uh, really needs it right now because it's uh, not the same as it was before. But uh, actually, the, but I, I do find though the playoffs are still like very interesting. I know that wasn't yeah. a playoff, but it was like playoff hockey. So yeah, it was so, like like uh, the. The Carolina and New York series, man, holy shit, that was rough. Like it was hard hitting. Like that, that that was a great series. And then obviously Winnipeg Calgary was great. Uh, Montreal and Pittsburgh was like there wasn't like you know it wasn't physical as hell, but but it was tight checking and it was it was playoff hockey, you know. Uh, and then Chicago and Edmonton, that was just fucking the Wild West, man. Fucking six five, six four games all the time, you know. But uh. But yeah, no, they're good. It's it's actually really good hockey. I wasn't expecting it to be that good. You know, yeah. I was I thought there was going to be fucking turnovers and fucking baubles of the puck all over the place. So you gave me your uh, prediction there for uh, tonight, um, for for the Leafs game. So yeah. uh, what what do you think as far as score? Because uh, I might go uh, bet the bet the under or bet the over. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're going, I I would go under because I think it's going to be really tight. Uh, I'm guessing three one, okay. three one Leafs, three one on an open netter to make it three. Holy on, a net, on a nasty netter. Yeah, because I, I, Columbus can't score, yeah. anyways, uh, and it's going to be really tight. So, and I don't think there's going to be a lot of penalty calls. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I I see a really tight game. So I take two one, and then Leafs score on an empty net. So uh, this episode is going to drop on Tuesday. Um, so uh, if you're listening to it on Tuesday, you'll be like, why are they talking about something that happened uh, four days ago? We're recording on a Sunday. Um, but uh, I have a great guest, and uh, his name is Dan Fornell, who was a heavyweight in the ECHL. Uh, just fought, like, every single guy. He fought uh, Todd Simpson uh, in training camp. He fought Chris Simon. So tough dude, they eh, Matt? Oh, for sure. 
fuck out of here. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and uh, actually, just so I, uh, I'll do the ads at the same time, so it's a bit more uh, flowy. Um, you, uh, you, you wear uh, Bonfire shades. You were wearing them yesterday at 10 if you liked them. Oh, you're fucking right, man. They're light as all hell. They fit perfect around the nose. Nice little wood sticks on the ears. Fuck, yeah. man. Just no, for sure. Them. Just yeah, you look them. you look good in them too, there. Now that you look uh, a oh, lot better. Fuck. Um, oh man, the girl. Most most women are telling me, asking me why I'm, you know, am I married? You know, so it's crazy. <laughs> good for you, man. <laughs> yeah. I haven't, had that, shades, I, haven't, I haven't gotten one of those looks in a, in a little while. I got to be honest with you. Oh, I'm getting the look all over the place. The one thing, though, that I have been getting, which is really weird, I don't know, I was going to ask you if that ever happened to you as well. So the illegal drinking age obviously is 19 in uh, in Ontario. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when you were still drinking, like, did you ever get ID'd? No, I never got ID'd, but I got ID'd the other day when I went into a weed store. Oh, really? Yeah, I got ID'd, like, freaking four times there in the last, like, four months. Yeah, yeah, I got ID'd. I couldn't believe it. It might be because I had a mask on my face. Yeah, I tell Terry, but she doesn't believe me. Oh, yeah, no, I got ID and I was like, what the fuck? I was kind of mad about it. I didn't really? say, well, I didn't say nothing, obviously, there. I'm not I'm one of those complainers there, but but I was just kind of like, like, hey, dude, like, take me seriously here. I'm not fucking 18. Like, no, Jesus. For sure. And, uh, yeah, bon, bonfireshades.ca, um, if you want to get a pair, uh, they have a lot of different models. Um, what's yours? Yours is, like, the gray something, I eh? Yeah, I have gray Adirondack something. I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but man, everybody comments everywhere I go. Everybody's always saying like, "Well, those glasses are pretty sweet." And then they're, they're always telling me they're like mirrors because they can see themselves in my shades. It's pretty. Yeah. They're pretty sweet. They're pretty. Yeah, that's pretty that's good. why I don't. That's why I don't like to look at you because I I see myself in the in the mirror. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm trying to make you do. Look at yourself in the mirror a little bit. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So bonfireshades.ca. Uh, use promo code BLAC in uh, honor of the weight, the late great weight BLAC. You remember BLAC, Matt? Of course, yeah. You guys had great. a freaking lot of tough guys. You 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 got to come up with your top ten list there soon and come on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. I yeah, I know for sure. I'll go through the top ten. Fucking, uh, it's funny, man. I'm a massive Lee fan, but I didn't even know Tiger Williams played there for a few years. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, I so, think I told that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I was really surprised, man. I I, I didn't know that. So he's. He's not my number one, but anyways, I'll do uh, I'll do well, a top ten. Because you always picture him with that yellow bucket, you know what I mean? Like yeah, well, I, I always see him riding the stick, you know, after the goal. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, yeah, and uh, also brought to you by Ruben. Uh I know that uh, you're not a beer drinker, but uh, there's a beer for every palate, and uh, they also have uh, good soft drinks, so maybe you and I can uh, stop by one day because they have, like, uh, like ginger ale and stuff like that from uh, London, Ontario. So, uh, Oh, do they have... Uh, it's not root beer, but what the hell is it called? I think they do have root beer, though. They have, like, all kinds of stuff. Like, it's all, like, I, I know I say local. I mean, like, like not far from us, you know what I mean? It's all, like, produced not from, like, the big freaking companies, like, yeah, uh, Orange Crush and all that shit, you know? Yeah, oh, for, if they have if they have root beer and stuff, man, fuck, for sure, man. But in French, it, in French it's called Guy de Pinet. I'm not sure what it's called in English, but anyways, it's, it's like, a, it's it's different. It's not a beer, though. Anyways. Oh, they might they might have that too, but I know that they have all, all kinds of uh, like strawberry and like oh, yeah. Are they having the uh, Are they having the beer festival at the at the? Do they still have it every year? I know this year they might not be. It got canceled because of the COVID. Okay, but they still have it usually. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to go there, me and you, and friggin' uh, for tradition there from last time. And uh, oh yeah, I mean I don't need to drink because just I like going because I see 
see a whole bunch of people from high school that I haven't seen in 20 years. That's why I like, you know, that's why I go for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, so uh, unless you you have anything to add, uh, we're going to jump right into the interview. Um, you got anything else to add? What are you up to today? Not much. I uh, already went, I already did my day. I went to the gym, and then today I fucking hopped on the bike with Mia, and we went to the park and played a little baseball at the park, and now I'm now I'm just getting ready to watch a little PGA, watch that a lot, third of the last round of one of the majors, and then uh, a little bit of puck tonight. Yeah, so I'm going to go uh, buy my pro line with uh, the money I won from you, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Okay, and send me my 950. So uh, welcome to the podcast. A guy who played 10 years of professional hockey, played in the ECHL, CHL, and also reached the AHL level. In 357 pro games, including playoffs, he amassed a whopping 1,418 penalty minutes. He could also play with 145 points along the way. So welcome to the podcast from Geraldton, Ontario, Dan Fornell. Thanks for joining the podcast. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. So, uh, like I said in my intro, uh, Geraldton, Ontario, so is, is that is that where you're from? Because you mentioned something about Capus Casing. Well, actually, I grew up in a town 42 miles north of Geraldton, a small town called Nikina. Okay. Geraldton was kind of like the closest metropolis because it had a movie theater, right? So that's <laughs> where our high school was too. So high school was 42 miles one way. And uh, did you guys get the movies a little bit later? Oh yeah, a lot later. <laughs> sure. And uh, before we delve into your pro career, uh, I see you were like a half a point guy at the junior A level with the Georgetown Raiders. So uh, can you tell me where you learned to play hockey and uh, like where, where did you play your minor hockey? Yeah, so played all that minor hockey and, like I said, in Nikina and then moved to Geraldton, which had a little bit more, I mean, a population in Nikina in our heyday was like 900 people, eh? So small town and then uh, Geraldton was closer to 3,500 or so. Mm -hmm. And um, so I played there and traveled there for practices and whatnot. But then uh, at about 16 is when I headed uh, south to a town called New Lisker to play AAA Midget. And did you have a favorite player growing up? So, grew up a Habs fan, Montreal Canadiens. Um, like to hear that? Oh, yeah, for sure. But uh, my favorite player was always Cam Neely. So, but I wasn't allowed to say his name in the house. Uh, <laughs> my, my, dad, my, my dad was a diehard Habs fan. So, yeah. no Leafs talk and no uh, Boston talk. So, uh, saying that, obviously, uh, Cam Neely was the, the uh, ultimate power forward before uh, – hearing about guys like Lindros, but uh, what kind of player were you? Were you a guy that liked to throw the checks and everything in minor hockey? Yeah, so that's kind of – I was always one of the bigger kids, eh? So I, I was very – pretty physical. Yeah. Uh, not really fighting until, you know, you get into, like, the AAA midget, whatnot. But uh, I always kind of used my body as uh, to, to my advantage as much as I could. This is a, a bit of an old-time uh, hockey podcast, so I know that you were a player first, uh, but uh, – can you remember your first fight? Not really. I remember my first pro fight, but not uh, not first. You know, because there was always a lot of uh, when you're playing midgets, you got the full cages on, so you're yeah. punching cages and whatnot. So that, but a full full blown fight, uh, I don't really remember where it would have been. Maybe talk to us about your uh, your first uh, pro fight. So first official pro fight was actually in Birmingham, Alabama, when I was uh, my first year in the coast. Um, fought several times, went to a couple pro um, um, tryouts, yeah. which got me the opportunity to Birmingham uh, in Buffalo. So I went there. So 
I, I scored a good bit playing in the juniors and, and mm -hmm. growing up. So I went to pro camp as a four day pro camp, you know, kind of unsigned guys and was scoring and, and just really had nobody talking to me, not even giving me a sniff. And then uh, like day three or something, got into it with a guy and absolutely destroyed him. And when I got off the ice, there was three guys wanting to talk to me. So it was, I was like, all right, well, I guess this, <laughs> this is how it's going to happen. So Right on. Um, and like uh, in that, that season in Birmingham, you had uh, 197 PIMS in uh, 49 games. So you, can you tell me uh, – you know, like uh, any memorable ones from that, that year as well? Yeah, so obviously my first one. Um, and, I, you know, it's funny. I, I put together a you, – you were talking about you didn't have – you couldn't find any of my fights. And, uh, yeah. It's, 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 you know, it was a while ago, obviously. But I had a good fight tape together, and somehow it's in my house somewhere. So I got to get my hands on it because it's always good drinking stuff, you know, sit down with the boys and go over that. But Yeah, that'd be very good. Yeah, yeah. So Birmingham, my first one was a good tilt, first game of the season. Um, some guy from, uh, I think it was Nashville. And then uh, one of the bigger ones of that year was uh, fighting Link Gates in the, in the coast. So he'd had some troubles and came down to play with Nashville. And, um, you know, they were very physical with Link out there, but um, had a good had a good scrap with him, too. One of the marathon fights? You know, I, it wasn't. My fights were always – I came in throwing haymakers, and so did he. Okay. So uh, it was uh, – came in, and he was still wearing the old Yofas. Remember the Jofa helmets? Of course, yeah, the beauties. And, yeah, so and he had a head the size of a basketball, so you didn't – you never missed, but he didn't feel much when you hit him. And uh, so I was probably – you know, it's my first year pro, so I was 230, I think, uh, six – three and he was probably 250 um landed my first three just absolute bombs knocked his helmet off and I'm thinking oh my gosh it's gonna be ugly yeah and then I stepped on a stick and on my way down he held me there and threw one <laughs> hit me with a big with a big right so but it was that was it right so that's the end of it because we both went down kind of well, for sure and that's uh yeah. that kind of speaks to your toughness I mean just fighting a guy like Lane Gates he's like the the unicorn for a podcast, like if ever anybody gets him on, because uh, I've been listening to a, a lot of podcasts. Like I told you, I was on the road uh, last week uh, driving to go visit my friend in Cap. And, uh, you know, I listened to one with uh, Mike Segaroy talking about uh, Link because uh, they participated in like a battle of the Enforcer. I don't know if you had a chance to watch that. Uh, no, I'd like to. Though. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's on uh, the Fourth Line Voice uh, YouTube channel. If ever you get a chance to check it out, uh, yeah. I can also send you the link later. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, Mike Segura was just saying that at that point in his career, uh, he was kind of all over the place. He's a, a little different. I, I listened to my friend's podcast, the same guy, Fourth Line Voice. Uh, he had, I think he spoke to Patrick Cote just over the phone, and he was talking about Link. And uh, he just said the same thing as you did. You know, you could just hit him with a friggin' cinder block, and the guy wouldn't go down. And, uh, yeah. yeah, he did He did mention that about Link, is that he's just like, this guy's not even a human. Yeah, and they talked about it. The guy was conditioned to to the nines, you know. Yeah. He was, so he 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 could hang in there forever. So it was tough. There were some tough scraps. No, for sure. And uh, the guy went with Probert as well. So yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I I told you uh, that we'd have about forty five minutes on the phone, so I might skip over some parts of your career. It's not to, not not to forget them, but uh, I'm sure we could talk for hours, considering you played for nine other teams. But uh, tell me, how cool was it playing uh, in Huntington? Yeah, so so Birmingham was my first year in the coast, yeah. uh, and then uh, 
got traded to Huntington the halfway through the second year in Huntington, West Virginia, right? And so they were they were the worst play worst team in the league. So I wasn't super excited about going there. Um but ended up being one of the best places I've played. Uh, met my closest friend, and um, I met the team. So the, the night before, we had played them, and I had fought a guy by the name of Ray Edwards. Kind of kind of same typical fighter as uh, Rob Ray for Buffalo, if you remember. Yeah. Built like that. He's actually Calgary coach now, assistant coach for the Flames. Oh, cool. And, um, but, you know, so fighting him like two nights before – drive to Knoxville, meet the team in in Knoxville, and he's the first guy to meet me at the door, right? Mm-hmm. Real good guy. And the next guy I meet is uh, Jared Bednar, who's now the head head coach for the Colorado Avalanche, um, who's, you know, my closest friend. He's my son's godfather, and we're godparents to their kid. So ended up being a, a, a real good thing that happened to me, and, and he and I ended up being roommates from that on for probably the next four or five years. So um, I enjoyed my time in Huntington. It was a tough uh, built character because we didn't win a lot early on, but the following year we had a pretty good team. So yeah, well, I and I saw that you did make the playoffs when you were there. So do you have any yeah. uh, outstanding? Like, do you have any memories from that? Yeah, so it's actually pretty cool. So uh, funny story, and I, I, I'd have to do some research, but I was on a line at one point that made Sports Illustrated. We were the biggest line in hockey, right? And I was the smallest guy on the line. It was uh, a six, six three, foot three, <laughs> right? Yeah. Six three two thirty. I had a guy by the name of Jim Birmingham, six four two forty, and then Gord Franny, who was six six, like two forty. So, and all power forwards, right? Um, so it was pretty cool. It was, uh, but we we, I scored. Uh, you know, I was in the top ten of uh, scoring for the first three four weeks of the league <laughs> season. So I drank that up. The boys, uh, the boys laughed about that a little bit. It didn't last long, but it. Uh, um, it was fun while it did. No, for sure. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, for some reason I was telling you, um, I, I did actually s- just let you know, see some of your fights on YouTube. Um, but I wasn't able to locate like your uh, hockey fight page. I don't know. If, like, have you ever been able to, f- to to find that page for yourself? No, I didn't even know that was a thing. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> well, maybe I'll contact them for you. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyways, but I know that you did make it to the HL and uh, for a pretty cool team, the St. John Maple Leafs. I mean, if you're a hockey fan, I know that you said you're a Habs fan growing up. You did that in 1995. So uh, you had to do something right, of course. So can you describe that experience with the Leafs? Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, so I was playing with the Stingrays in, uh, in Charleston and our coach was Rick Vibe. So the affiliation was, was with the Leafs and um, got called up and first, First game playing St. John, um, uh, the St. John, the the Calgary farm team back then. Okay. So uh, not St. John's, but St. John, right? Yeah. Um, and so fight Chris Simon, very first game, had a good tilt with him. And then um, actually played really well to the point where the coach called Viver and said he wanted to keep me for a while. The problem was we were going into the playoffs in the uh, in the East Coast, and if okay. you're not on the playoff roster, then you don't get to play. And so, so Rick said, you know, if you're not if you don't plan on keeping them for the rest of the season, then send them back. And uh, you know, it was one of those things. Everybody's got a story, you know. I think yeah, that kind of sucked. Yeah, yeah, but it was a good experience, and then uh, it did create some opportunities 
for me to go to a training camp for the next couple of years for Calgary and then Edmonton at one point. So and uh, so you just mentioned that about uh, Chris Simon, which is super cool. Like, and that's the thing about the hockey fights page. Uh, if I had that, it's a little bit easier to ask questions about uh, some of your rivals, right? Um, yeah, sure. and, and he he was a mean lefty. So uh, actually, I'll ask you right off the hop. Like, are you are you a lefty or a righty, or do you just throw with both hands? I guess. It's a primarily righty, but I learned early on that, uh, so, you know, coming up in juniors, you know, the fights were, you didn't have super talented fighters, for lack of a better word, but when you start getting into the coast, these guys are very technical fighters, and then in the American League, obviously, and so I usually hammered guys pretty quickly. Yeah, I got into the coast and learned, you know, if they know you're a righty, you're going to have to work to get that, so I, I worked on being able to throw both. Um, I wasn't going to hurt you. Uh, I might sting you a little bit with the left, but yeah. um, you had to learn how to do it for sure. And uh, I like to get into the technical stuff about fighting, uh, to be honest. Uh, I had an an event where I thought I was going to have to fight a lefty. Uh, thankfully, I didn't. Like b- Basically, the first time you fight a lefty, like did you, did you line up differently or anything, or you just fight your fight? No, so I... Uh, I guess you could say I was I was a cocky fighter or confident. Yeah. And and the first lefty I fought was a guy by the name of Ron Magic, and I was like, all right, we'll find out who throws harder, right? And so yeah. we came in and said uh, he didn't tie me up, I didn't tie him up, and uh, so we just, you know, because I'd never been knocked out, and so I thought, well, I'm either doing something right or I got a really hard head, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right on. Uh, and uh, two seasons that really jump off the page for me are uh, 1998, uh, 1999 with the Richmond Renegades uh, in the CHL with the Oklahoma Blazers. So uh, first with the Renegades, you had 139 penalty minutes in 19 games. So that's a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. So can you give us a, a bit of a brief history about that? Yeah, so so that year was a tough year for me. Um, so I'd gotten to um, – so the year prior to that um, – well, so 96-97 – I went to Edmonton's camp and then uh, got sent down. And then my first fight, uh, I have a referee fall on me and um, I, uh, I exploded one of my discs in my neck, right? So I had surgery, have a cervical fusion, have surgery, and I'm out of hockey for a full year um, to the point where, yeah, it was a you know decision whether or not I actually come back or not yeah. from that. Um, so that first year back in Richmond was my first year back. So I kind of really had to... I had a first I had to make sure I was safe and healthy and so I had to test it. Yeah. And then secondly I wanted I had a I had a point to prove that I still had it, right? Yeah. So that's why I I, I was fighting as much as I possibly could at that point, running over guys as much as I could just <laughs> to make sure that the the surgery was was uh, successful. <laughs> yeah, that's like the Roy Jones line uh, you y'all must have forgot so you you, yeah, you, you right. came back yeah. to work. <laughs> yeah. And uh, same question for like I mean you'll you'll may, maybe give me a similar answer but uh, in the CHL uh, I think it was yeah the fo- following year with the Oklahoma Blazers uh, 176 and 30 games so uh, same kind of story no so that was actually a different scenario where is you know if you're if you play before the game everybody gets game notes right so you got guys sizing up each other who's this who's that and at that point in my career I'd played a good bit and I'd had a ton of pims. And I was kind of one of the older guys. And so you had all these younger guys who were, uh, I guess, looking at me to make a name or challenge themselves. And so it was a lot more I was responding versus I was initiating that year. What would you say the main difference is between the CHL and the ECHL? Just a bit of like 
more loaded with tough guys in the CHL or? Yeah, it, I mean, a lot more tough guys, but a lot more different speed, right? Okay, so not as not as uh, high skilled. Not as quick, yeah. So it's a highly skilled guy. Like the coast back in the day got a reputation for just being a goon league. It's mm. changed over the years significantly, even in in my time, right? It's a developmental league. Yes. Guys can guys can jump up and play in the American League in a heartbeat from there, and it's just a skip and a jump, you know, to the NHL. Because quite honestly, the game's easier. When you're playing with better guys, you just worry about doing your own job, eh? If no, you for sure. Up, when, I, yeah. when I was speaking to Alan, he was, uh, you know, he, I asked him what the difference was between the ECHL and uh, the AHL, and he said, really not much. That's not. It really isn't. It's yeah. a, Like I said, it's actually, if you get called up and you can keep up, right? And you're not getting called up if you can anymore. It's not, you can't just be tough. And if you can keep up, it's actually easier to play up there. Right on. And uh, skipping ahead to PD, I mentioned Alan a while ago. So was that uh, your first time meeting with him, or did you remember bumping into him uh, earlier in the seasons? You know, uh, so I'm sure if you've talked to him a couple times on the podcast, he remembers every single game, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and so he remembered he and I kind of tangling before, like kind of, you know, we never fought, obviously, but I didn't remember playing against him not a knock on him it's just I just I remembered my fights and I yeah. remembered the top guys and yeah. um but he's a good guy I mean great guy and we end it's kind of ironic right we're about a mile apart now living in the same town so but I wasn't a you know PD was a tough year for me I, I broke my hand uh four games into the season and um and I broke a terrible bone the scaphoid bone so I was out for like eight weeks um, okay yeah, just sitting in the stands and and working out and trying to stay in shape, uh, but not getting to play. So it was a tough year. Like I, I guess I know that you you were injured, but uh, it's like does does that mean that you still go on the road with the team and everything? I didn't. Um, you, I think at that point you kind of had the option, but I had a young I had a young uh, my son was uh, was a year old at the time, so okay. to me it just made no sense to go on the road if I couldn't contribute, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I could stay home, but I was. You know, it's it sucks if you're if you're a competitor and all you can do is is you've trained all summer long, so now you're ready to actually play, and then you're back in running sprints and running stairs, and so not a whole lot of fun. I know, like that year, like you said, you broke your hand, but uh, was there a point in your career towards the end where you kind of mentored a, a guy coming up that had a, a similar role to yours? Yeah, so it's, it happened several times. Um, and not necessarily my role as well as just young guys, right? Because okay. uh, it can be daunting coming into a league like that um, yeah, and just kind of not knowing what to expect. And my first year in Birmingham, man, I had two, two of the nicest guys that uh, were kind of mentors. You probably heard the name Jerome Bouchard. Jerome, stay out of my yard, Bouchard. Yes, yeah. I mean, just one of the nicest guys you'll ever come across and played everywhere and coached. And, and then, uh, and it's funny now, some of my closest friends that, you know, I played in Charleston for five years and so my closest friends are still there and, you know, they know them. Uh, they're from Western Canada. So yeah, um, yeah so it's, it's pretty cool. But, and, and so you just kind of try and share what you learned and uh, from those guys. So uh, that, that was my goal. It was just to be, uh, uh, be helpful to the young guys. For sure. And like you just mentioned, Bouchard, um, the first time I actually heard about him speaking to Alan, uh, he gave me his top 10 list, uh, which you were a part of. So uh, congratulations. Uh -huh. uh, but I actually listened to the Mike Scroy podcast on uh, Fight for Fighting. So give that a listen if you get a chance. But yeah, he talks about uh, get out of my yard, Bouchard, too. So you're the, sec <laughs> it's the second time I hear that. So that's quite the nickname. 
it's funny. The, the dude, I mean, nicest guy off the ice and on the ice, you know, willing to go anywhere and with yeah. anyone. So did he did he get into coaching afterwards? He did. Yeah, he coached in the, he coached in the coast, and then I want to say like was it the SPHL maybe? Okay. It was it was they was making Georgia, and the team name was called Making Whoopie. So I <laughs> go figure. Yeah, right on. Uh, that's awesome. And uh, like obviously, a coach can make or break a player. Did you have any coaches that stand out in your experiences? Yeah, I had some I had some good coaches, and I had some not so good coaches. Obviously, Phil Roberto, my first year in Birmingham, Alabama, I really liked him. I don't know that he coached anything beyond the coast, um, but just a real good guy. Obviously, uh, played for Rick Vibe, who was a uh, he was a players coach. Um, you know, as long as you came to play, he uh, he uh, he let you do what you wanted to do. Um, and, uh, and you know, I was lucky in the sense I played for a guy uh, as the name of Frank Anzalone, right? He actually got me my first NHL tryout, um, and he wasn't coaching me. He was in Roanoke, and I was in Huntington and Charleston. And uh, funny story. I'm in the uh, off season at home, hanging out at my brother's uh, in Timmins, Ontario. I'm sure you've heard of it. Yep. And uh, um, I get a phone call late or early Sunday morning, right? Late night, Saturday night, I get a phone call Sunday morning and it's Calgary and it's uh, like, uh, Hey, we'd like you to come try out. And I had a buddy named uh, I'd played tier two junior with in Timmins mm-hmm. and he's always, he was a joker. And I thought it was, it really sounded like him. So I actually hung up on the guy <laughs> and uh, I was like yeah whatever me and I hung up on him and 30 seconds later phone rings again and it's the same guy and I was like oh my gosh I'm so sorry and I explained to him the scenario and he just kind of laughed it off but but yeah so the opportunity came along from Frank Anzalone and they were looking for some toughness and in, in their farm system yeah and Frank had dropped my name and they respected him and so I got an opportunity to go to Calgary's camp then can you share a bit about that experience I was there for 32 days. So I actually got an opportunity to stay around a, a good while and fought like 18 times in 32 days. Right. So yeah. can't tie your own. I had, I, you're using a lace tightener to tie your skates and your hands are just raw fought, fought guys like Sasha Lakovic and Todd Simpson and um, a couple other guys that were there in their, in their up and coming, you know, they're younger guys. I, I probably should have taken more notes. I do remember guys like when I went to Edmonton's camp, you know, fought, I'm sure you've heard the name, Brian Marchment, um, yeah, for sure. fought him. And again, like that same scenario, right there for six, seven days. And just kind of have, feel like having a good camp scoring in every interest squad. I wasn't there to score. Right. And fight, fight <laughs> Brian Marchment and just kind of beat him to the ice. And the moment I skate off, you got guys waiting with, with microphones and they want to interview you. Right. Yeah, like, right. But that's back when, uh, you know, Dave, the Moose Morissette and George rock, it was George rocks first year, uh, first year at training camp. So he's a young kid. He just, he, at that point, he didn't even know how strong he was. So that's some, some good moments. Yeah. Good memories. That's, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, I know. And Todd Simpson too, as, as you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, I, I think uh, you have a great story because you went from junior A to playing 10 years of pro hockey. Uh, so do you have any message for like kids who might try to make that jump? I, I do, actually. It's, a, it's a, a unique scenario. Like if you think about it, I'm from a town of 900 people, right? Yeah. Um, was never the best player on the team, was never the, the top guy, but always was always either the hardest worker or one of the strongest guys. Yeah. Um, at every camp. I went to Edmonton's camp and, you know, they're notorious for having one of the toughest, you know, with their 
VO2 and Wingate and the bench. And um, so be prepared, be strong, um, you know, do what you're supposed to do uh, to, and never quit. Right. Uh, I just, I, I was like, I took the hard road. I mean, if you look at it, I took the long way to there. I was never drafted, didn't play major junior, but I did get my education, right. Played tier two, went to college and then said, you know, at that point I was like, all right, do, do I go to work or do I keep this thing going for a little bit? And, and so my dad back in the day played when there was not near as many teams, and and he was drafted by the Islanders and my mom was pregnant with my oldest brother. And so at that point he decided to take the, a job with Kimberly Clark and it was a secure thing versus, and so his, 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 uh, his advice to me was not go, go, go. It was I'm not telling you to go. I'm not telling you not to go, but he said, you don't want to say in 20 years, what if, right? Of course. Yeah. So I said, you know what, I'll go try. And if I make it, uh, I make it. If I don't, you know, work will always be there. So, and And, I ended up playing 10 years, you know? Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I mean, you're one of the guys, you know, you, you knew that maybe you had to do something different to to stand out, right? Yeah, Yeah. sure. Uh, So did they name an arena for you uh, anywhere near uh, Geraldton? (laughs) No, they didn't. No, not not at all. But uh, I haven't been back there in forever. I, 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 I promised to take my boys back there so they can see uh, you know, we, I didn't see the inside of a gym till I was 17. Our the closest McDonald's was 180 miles away. Those kind of things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know how hard, uh, how easy they've got it. <laughs> For sure. And uh, obviously I'm going to ask you a bit about what you're up to nowadays. Um, but, uh, before that, uh, this is where the podcast either takes a hard left or a hard right. I just like to ask uh, a few silly questions, which I call the interrogation. So you ready to get into it? Sure. Give her. Who was one guy that scared the absolute bejesus out of you, but you still had to go? Missing link. Missing link. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, at that point, everybody knew who he was and, and say what you want. Yeah. He was kind of on his way down, but he, the guy was still big menacing. He yelled down the hallway before our game that he was going to somebody. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I knew it was going to be me. Uh, yeah. So uh, you got to do what you got to do. Not really related to hockey, but what's your favorite uh, Adam Sandler movie? Gosh, that's a good one. Well, obviously the one where he's putting with a stick. What is that called? <laughs> Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore, thank you. Short term. Yeah, yeah. All you ever talk about is being a pro hockey player, but there's a problem. You're not any good. I am good. You know what? You're a lousy kindergarten teacher. I've seen those finger paintings you bring home and they suck. I'm sorry, babe. I didn't mean that. I I, I think they're excellent finger paintings. Hot dog or hamburger? Hamburger. You know what I like in the States? So you're in South Carolina, but is uh, how you can ask for your burger done. Yeah, yeah. Can't do that back home? I don't think so. I don't know. You can't just say like, hey, I wanted a medium or whatever. If if it's ground in house, I'm always medium. If it's not, then it's well, right? Yeah, for sure. I miss the percents, though. You do miss the percents, yeah. Yeah. Who had the best stash that you played with? The best mustache? <laughs> uh, probably Beast, Jerome Bouchard. Who's your favorite enforcer of all time? At, I'll, I'll go with the NHL level. Yeah, probably Probert. Just, I mean, especially when you when you you listen to that story and, and kind of what he went through and, you know, the pain. And some of it I can relate to, you know, not all of it, obviously. Uh, but uh, it, the guy uh, – you know, he worked through some, some pretty, some pretty sick demons. Um, but yeah, okay. I was, and, 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 you know, 
Um, Cordick, John Cordick for was pretty legit too. He didn't last long, but he was pretty legit. Yeah, it's definitely a, a yeah. sad story there. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for uh, joining me today. So you passed the interrogation with flying colors. Can you tell me a little bit about <clears throat> what you're up to now? Because you're uh, living in uh, South Carolina, you lucky bugger. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, um, so my Richmond days, I met my wife. And, uh, and then we moved to North Carolina, Greensboro, for a few years. Because uh, if you look at my, my stats, you'll see that uh, there was a couple games thrown in there. It was one of my old coaches, a coach in there, and he'd asked me to come out and help out. So um, did that a little bit. And then we moved to South Carolina probably 16 years ago. So I worked for a global company, a global marketing services company called Southern Graphic Systems. Okay. And um, I re- I'm a regional sales manager for them. So. That's cool. And uh, are you a golfer like Alan? So I used to golf a ton, um, but uh, I've had multiple shoulder surgeries. So I do, uh, I got into mountain biking about five years ago now. And that's kind of, that's, that's my pastime. Right on. So you must be in a pretty decent shape then. Yeah, I stay, I stay in pretty good shape and uh, I knew I had to do something. I wasn't going back to the gym. You know, I haven't, I just, uh, you, you're in your gym for, you know, that whole career, always working out, always working out. And uh, two things happen. You either keep it going or uh, or you just quit. And I quit. You can understand that for sure. So, uh, yeah, like I said, thanks again for joining us. Uh, you were great uh, on the podcast. So uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Take, Take care. In the morning, one stopped after dark. Yeah, when they said it's getting late in here. So I'm sorry, young man, there's no skating here. And so we kick, push, kick, push, kick. And away he rolled, just a rebel to the world with no place to go And so we kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, coast So come and skate with me, just a rebel, looking for a place to be So let's kick, 